Did you set the house on fire? Did you get your sister pregnant? Did you sell your grandma's kidney just for fun? You're a menace, you're a bastard, you're a son of a bitch. What is the worst thing? Worst thing? Worst thing you ever done? Worst thing you've ever done? Ladies and gentlemen, she goes by the name Randy Riot. Can you let our listening audience know why Randy Riot? Um, so back in the day, I used to be a burlesque dancer, and I used to have a different alias at the time called Lila Tata Star. McGee. Tata McGee. No, 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 that one was taken. I did try, um, and I used to go by the name Lila Star. Lila Star. Yeah, so when I was dancing, that's the one I used to go by. And then someone that I used to be friends with, uh, we're more of an acquaintance. I haven't spoken to this person in many years. No nothing bad. It's just that, you know, you lose touch with people. Okay, we believe you. And he said, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's actually a very, very good person. His name was Edwin. And he actually, he's the one, I have to give credit where credit's due. He's the one that's like, you should really go by the name Randy Riot. And it stuck. And ever since then, I have been known as Randy Riot. You know, I have never done what you do. But I have a fantasy about if I ever became one of these burlesque people, what my shtick would be. Because oh, you got to have a gimmick, right? Oh, you got to have a shtick. My gimmick would be I would walk out on stage, very similar look to uh, Cousin, uh, not... The thing from Adam's family, mm -hmm. the one that's wrapped in hair, just yes. it's just long Co hair. Cousin it. Is it it? Yeah, I believe it's it, cousin just nothing it. but hair. Hair, hair, oh hair. God, I love it. Okay, but like you'll be able to see my eyes because it'll be completely wrapped around <laughs> me. Like I am just absolutely um, wrapped in like hair that I, I would also have the very same hair, uh, you know, stuck to my head. Of like, like maybe um, we'll have it. Uh, threaded or we'll have it professionally sewn in so that it won't just come off with a tug, right? So then what my shtick will be is I will be nude underneath this ish. Nudish. 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 Maybe something something, right? Mm -hmm. A little cover up. A little cup. A little something. Just a little cover up. And I'll, 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 I'll sing a song mm -hmm. like, um, for example, um, sing, sing a song, make it last the whole night long. And I would give someone the end of my hair. Mm -hmm. And then I'd walk around the audience letting my hair out, and by the time I was done, the entire room would be covered in my hair, like a spider web kind of, like I I'd would walk around and I'd get people twisted up in my hair. Why it would have to be a lot of yet? hair. And then by the time I was done, like you know, I'd be finishing the song, mm -hmm. and I would have nothing left to pull. Kind of like Tangled Disney yes. pornographic That's version. That's cute, I like it's that. Just, I mean, Either I can't do anything, but I can walk around, you know? Or <laughs> to just make things even more fun, if you were to sing Hair. Oh, what a great idea. So many ideas. I know, right? Do, I, do you still strip or? Um, I do when I, um, sometimes. When um, you drink, right? Of course, when I drink, <laughs> you know, I'm, I've been known to get up of, on top of many a bar in my life. <laughs> His name is Bar. Oh, <laughs> Um, sometimes I do pre-shows for Rocky Hart, mm -hmm. who's, I am part of a cast known as The Ordinary What Kids. do you think about Mr. Hare? Could he come, uh, warm up the crowd for I Rocky? I mean, we're always looking for guest performers. Oh my God, can't I do nudity, though. I won't do nudity, though. Okay. okay. Maybe I'll, I'll slick it back and I'll put a little, um, 
little leaf over my area. Yeah, as long as you're covered and we're not breaking any rules or committing any felonies, then we're good. Or I don't know, is the committed considered a felony or is a misdemeanor? It a <laughs> well, ladies and gents, one of the greatest pods I ever had was with our friend Michael Helgris, where we both barely got through the episode. It was like <laughs> so inappropriate. And oh, Randy is Michael. best of friends with our friend Michael. Yes, I love Michael. And he Michael, told if you're listening, me hello, darling. That you, he once fit his whole fist in your mouth? Yes, he did. Are we doing this live on camera or I what? I mean, if you need me to, I just got to stretch out that jaw. <laughs> <laughs> now, when did you find out that you had this power? Well, I've always been able to fit my own fist in my mouth, <laughs> believe it or not. I've tried <laughs> many a times to see how wide I can get that baby open. So we were filming um, an episode for our web series and I think it was a dream sequence that we were doing and I'm like having this like almost like a sexual dream I believe about Michael at the time because in our pods in our podcast Michael is homosexual. So And in real life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one point where I'm dreaming about Michael and he takes like two fingers full, I believe out of if it was whipped cream or cool whip, <laughs> and I go to suck it off of his fingers and he just shoves his entire fist in my mouth and it fit. I and you know what? This is on YouTube somewhere. No, so no, the no footage teeth exists, issues, not, no nothing, problem. Nothing. Just fit this nicely. Would, this would explain why I have really bad TMJ. Hello. <laughs> wow. So it has been a time for me. Um, a moment ago when we were singing the theme song to my show, mm -hmm. I remembered that it was uh, written by my friend Kevin. Mm -hmm. And um, shout out to Kevin anyway. Hi, so, Kevin. Uh, hi, Kevin. And um, Kevin and I met because, oh, God, shall I even tell this story? Sure. Um, we both uh, had a friend who eventually came out as um, a child molester. Oh. And here's the thing about it. When it happened, it, it hurt a lot of people's feelings because mm -hmm. they felt betrayed and let yeah. down and whatnot. And um, it was shocking and upsetting. And but he has to register. And all. I, learned a I learned a lot of what you don't want to learn about. Of course. And we assumed that like when that chapter was over, it's over. But there's one thing I've learned is that it's never really over. Because the other day he sent me an article via text and was like, he's at it again. This time he's trying to be no. a promoter for some sort of wrestling uh, gym oh, that he was trying no. to promote for. And the whole article was him apologizing to all, everyone in the gym and being like, I'm sorry I let you all down. I'm like, well, this sounds familiar. He just went somewhere else and pulled the bullshit somewhere else. Yeah. Now, also, you can't participate in things like this without help. Like, people were who knew were aware of what you were doing and allowed it to happen. So, I mean, I just feel like this kid is constant. He's not even a kid anymore. He's a man. At this point, like, he's constantly... Uh, re-apologizing. Is that a word? Re-apologizing? It is it now. Is. I do it a lot. A lot of this <laughs> But enough about these child molesters who are ruining our lives. It's um, terrible. It's so terrible. Randy, how the hell are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me here. I'm glad you're here. I know. This has been a long time coming. You know, when I sat right here and you mentioned that you might give me a haircut sometime, mm -hmm. my friend Anne, in many episodes back, on actual recording, gave me a haircut. Really? Oh, it was a wild experience. Oh, if experience. I would have known, I would have brought my clippers. I don't have my stuff You're with You're going to take today. care of my bikini area while we're uh, recording this? I mean, I don't normally do bikini areas, but I can make exceptions for certain people. <laughs> hit, so, hit, wink, wink. I, um, Anything to get you naked. My whole <laughs> life has, has, has changed once again within the last, like, five months. I no longer am working with uh, senior citizens. Mm -hmm. I uh, was offered a position that I took with uh, young adults who have autism. That's and amazing. And people say, wait a minute, you? 
Meaning you, you are helping young, impressionable minds who need molding and guidance. And I say, we all need a little molding and guidance. And since they kind of sometimes have the same mentality of a 13-year-old, mm -hmm. that's perfect for me. Because I, too, have the mentality and sometimes the humor of a 13-year-old. And you know what, Randy? We've answered the eternal question at work. Who farted? <laughs> <laughs> So I must it? have to answer that question every day. <laughs> and every day I have to remind them, we're not talking about this. But it's a very funny story. Um, I've never, no, I have. I've stood up for myself, Randy. But I've never done it in a way that like financially benefited me before. Yes. I always just kind of went with the flow. I remember vaguely when I was a kid, I worked for a week at Panera. And when I filled out the paperwork, they were like, well, how much are you looking to make? And I remember saying something like, oh, minimum wage. I didn't even know how bad a minimum wage was. I was just a kid. Oh, I didn't terrible. know any better. So now I'm making up for lost time. Good for you. Here's as you happened. deserve it. My boss left the job that I was at and mm -hmm. went to the place that I'm currently at mm -hmm. working with the young adults with the autism. She said, you'll always take the interview. Even if you're happy with what you're doing, mm -hmm. take the interview. And I was not in any, had no intention of leaving because I made my own schedule. I got overtime whenever I wanted it. But I came, I sat for an interview and basically the director was like, what do you want to come here? And I was like, no, you can't offer it. And I'm happy where I am. Let me, I said, let me go talk to them and see what my current job has mm -hmm. to say. But I didn't. I didn't go in the next day and tell my current boss, like, oh, I'm thinking about leaving. I just was like, I'm just going to let it happen. Like, if it happens, it happens. So then they called me back and they were like, well, what did your current job say? And I didn't think that they would take me up on it. But I was like, she actually offered me five more to stay. And he said, okay, I'll give you six to come. I mean, oh I'm not going to lie. If someone offered me six to come. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be getting changed. <laughs> but it was one of those things where I was like, I didn't think that he would call my bluff. Like, oh, really? Here's your offer. I'll see it. And I'll push the envelope a little further. And while this was going on, I'm literally covering my own mouth on the phone to keep from laughing, Randy. Because it was like, oh, my God. I'm playing checkers and everybody else is playing chess over here. Like I'm, I'm in way over my head, but in a good way. Yeah. Like I remember thinking, God, if I can actually pull this off, I will have promoted myself in a way that I've never really done for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I was very proud of myself, even though I'm, I'm a lying you. dick, you know, and like, Hey, you sometimes you gotta be a blind dick to see what you're completely immoral, is. you know? And what's funny is like, I work with these kids and I'd be like, literally the worst parent in the world like this kid comes up to me and he's like real upset and he says to me like brendan um eric was making fun of me and i'm like what did he say and he goes he told me that i'm i'm fat and that i'm stupid and i went Aww. well have you looked at eric lately like if, if you're gonna be upset with something someone tells me like, if you're going to read someone, you got to not look like shit first, my man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I was like, why would you even take that to heart, my friend? And, you know, mm -hmm. not the greatest advice. Like, another time I was teaching a kid how to actually shave. Like, some parents don't know how to do this. So here yeah. I am teaching him how to clip his nails and shave properly. Mm -hmm. And while I'm helping him clip his nails, I, I wasn't 
fully mentally engaged in the nail clippage yeah. and I did nick one of his fingers with the nail clipper and I thought for a second that he either had a seizure or went catatonic because he stared straight through me and I'm like are you okay are you okay are you okay and he looked at me and went yes <laughs> but it was one of those <laughs> moments for a second because I had done it's training like on seizures and yeah. I was like oh my god if I caused a seizure on my first week can you imagine Randy oh. causing a seizure on well my thank first god week? you didn't thank god you didn't <sighs> So my, my story that I'm going to tell you today mm -hmm. goes back to the nursing home. Oh, and I, I never thought I'd tell this story because I was working there. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that could probably get you fired. But in all instances of high school and life, there's mm -hmm. always going to be mean girls. Have yeah. you ever met any mean girls? <sighs> Every day of my fucking life. Fucking mean girls. Oh, let me tell you. my one, I worked two jobs. One of my current jobs, we had a bunch and they all left thankfully they were when i say mean like i was only at this one job for two weeks and the girl was so mean to me i suffer from panic and anxiety disorder i she triggered and, and, panic and you attack. think about these people at home yeah, you think they, about these people exactly. on the way to work yeah and you try not to you try exactly. to pretend like it's not affecting you but it does but it you does. can't help it and now like these girls left the mean girls are gone and then this one person that i thought was my friend we were very close when i started all of a sudden is all three mean girls wrapped into one to the point Always where happens. I actually almost walked out of one of my jobs, the uh, one job last week. Well, these mean girls are older than my grandmother oh, and Jesus. they have the wherewithal to be as mean as like teenagers. And I noticed from day one with some of these mean girls, like mm -hmm. that they, they like to chip away at other people's confidence. Like their way of being mean is like if other people were participating in an event, mm -hmm. they, they'd say to them, oh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be part of that. You don't oh, want to get terrible. involved. They were always trying to like induce um, fear in people of, yeah. of, uh, of participation. Mm -hmm. And I'm always trying to stay away from that. I'm always, yes. my job I always felt like is trying to eliminate the apathy. I'm trying to get you to care more than you care less. Mm. That was like my job at the nursing home is to try to get people energized and involved. And these four bitches would sit up front and if they saw someone going to an event, they'd be like, you don't want to go to that. That's stupid. I That's mean, for babies. I That's even, childish. I didn't even realize that mean girls existed in their 90s. Yeah, <laughs> These cunts, they literally would sit up front on their little, uh, their, their perches and they would make comments. Their names were Zelda, Maddie, Roe, and Flo. Can you believe it? Golden, the Golden Girls, they the were not. Oh my, no. The, the Golden, Golden Girls, Girls were at least somewhat nice. These girls were fool's gold, if you know oh, what I'm that's saying. That's terrible. Fugazi, as, oh, they would have, no. as we would have you uh, know them. That's awful. So these, these bitches, the, the, everyone's favorite thing at the nursing home, of course, is bingo. Of so course. bingo night. I mean, it's my favorite it, thing. And, I mean, <laughs> and I'm 37. Right. We had even a cart full of prizes. Mm -hmm. And if... Zelda, Maddie, Roe, or Flo didn't win at bingo. They'd have comments for whoever won, like, oh, come on, princess, pick a, pick a gift, pick a prize. We need to get on with the next game. They, oh just, they wouldn't allow someone their moment to, yeah. like, shine. But if one of them won, you better believe we're going to pause for five minutes while these bitches look through the prize card. Now, what am I really talking about, Randy? Nothing. Like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, it shouldn't. It shouldn't mean anything, but it does. But it, do, it did bother me because yeah. I could tell that while it was going on, no matter what I did to try to keep the flow occurring and be positive mm -hmm. and upbeat, that they had their uh, heat-seeking missiles on me and they were always watching me for, for like fault or if there was a problem or if I didn't say the numbers loud enough. Like I was always on the edge of my seat like, oh my God, like they, they've really got their like pincers on me mm -hmm. and, they, they, and they're going to... 
they're gonna like um, laugh if I say the wrong number or if I take too much time, they're gonna yell. Like I was always constantly a little afraid that that was gonna get yeah, yelled at by these poor bitch. Get anxiety because yeah. I'm trying to do a good job and I'm also trying to help a room full of like 50 different people. But these four cunts, they act like they're the only ones in the whole world. And so it, it would go on like this day after day and I would, I would literally, I don't know if you have to do this, psych myself out mm-hmm. before I walk Every before day. I walk in and I'm, Every I'm, day. and I'm too young to be psyching myself mm-hmm. out to go fight a Adults who were twice my age. Yeah. But I did it anyway. Good. So, oh, I can't wait to hear uh, this. It gets good. This gets good. I'm now, the, the main bitch of bitches was Zelda. And one day we were all playing Why are Zelda's games. always bitches? Have you noticed that? Because I definitely... Everything the name. You, yeah, Zelda. If your mom named you Zelda... You're born a bitch. You're born a bitch. So I was working a room full of board games. Mm-hmm. And she and some of her friends... Maddie, Roe, and Flo were playing Bananagrams. You ever play Bananagrams? I haven't heard of it. Kind of a fun game. It's similar to Scrabble. You Mm -hmm. have to get rid of all your tiles and then like make enough words. And then when you're done with your tiles, Mm -hmm. the game's over and you win. So there was a lot of people going on in the room. And I guess the game had come to an end. We were trying to move on to the next event. And Zelda kept calling me over, telling me that the game was over. She wanted me to clean up the game because she was such a princess. And she had to clean up the game herself of all the tiles. She took that bag of bananagrams and threw it at me across the room. No. Not a child, mind you. This is like an 80-something. Yeah. I would always laugh to my mom be like, Mom, you need to come in and you need to put these bitches in their place and be like, does someone have a problem with my son? Never happened. So she that threw a bag great. of bananagrams at me, and sure enough, I told my director that she threw a bag. And she'd already been through corrective counseling three different times for fighting with other people in the building. Oh, And Jesus. so this was the final, like, thing. Yeah. They don't really want to throw you out. They want you, to, during corrective counseling, to be mm-hmm. like, I, I'm sorry. They're waiting for you to, like, correct your ways. Yeah. They don't really want to lose you because yeah. they want your money. Of course. But with, like, so many times she had been to corrective counseling, they were like, well, if you got to go, you got to go. Mm-hmm. And she was so insulted that she got called in for corrective counseling. She mm-hmm. called her daughter immediately <laughs> and was like, get me out of here. So Zelda was gone. And then Thank it was God. just Maddie, Rowe, and Flo. But why is it as soon as, like, one corner folds, mm-hmm. someone else gets their power? Why Haven't is you that? seen Heathers? Yes! As soon as one <laughs> leaves, someone else... Someone gets that red ribbon. You are the so The red scrunchie. And that person became Roe, who was worse than Zelda ever was. Oh, it was almost God. like, since Zelda's gone, mm-hmm. let me work overtime at being a cop. Well, that was like with uh, Shannon Doherty's character of Heather. She was worse than the other worse Heather. Than, she's worse than the other one. <laughs> so here's what happened. Um, we were playing bingo mm-hmm. one night. And Ro wasn't really playing. She was just sitting there so she could make fun of others and try to start shit with me. Across the room, this bitch would always be ha- some comment under her breath to the point where I'd be on the microphone and she'd say something and I'd be like, what was that? I heard what you said. And she'd be like, it was for you to hear. And it was always some horrible comment like he doesn't know how to read. He, um, they all didn't think that I actually worked there. They thought I was like volunteering. And I was like, why would I volunteer to be abused? Like, exactly. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm here. I, I, I'm very happy to have a job after having been fired from my previous job. Yeah. So as you can imagine, like I'm doing everything, crossing my T's and dotting my I's and trying to be mm-hmm. a, a perfect little soldier. Absolutely. But I have a breaking point. Everybody does. And this cunt was on every one of my last goddamn nerves. So here's what happens. Oh, boy. She gets upset because this other gentleman in the room was having trouble with his bingo board. 
Um, but I couldn't just focus on him. There was a room full of people. So sometimes it was like, well, if he doesn't cover the right letter, he don't cover the right – it is what it is. Like I, I can't look over you the whole game. If you win, you win. If you lose – if you're not able to – and they would get so upset if somebody asked to repeat a number because as far as they're concerned, the number's been called, the number's over. Like they were just so rude about yeah. their own rules. So at one point – I see Ro get up and throw her board in the air and the tiles go flying and she goes walking across the room to Jack and she sits down with this guy, Jack, and she's like, I'll help you, Jack, since nobody, like really making a big show, since nobody else is, that was an aside to me, since nobody else is going to help you, even though it's their job, I'll help, like pretending to be so put out by like what's going, when in reality... She didn't give a damn about Jack. No. She was just, it was an opportunity for her to make a big deal. Exactly. And so I had had it with this, this hoe at this, time, at this mm-hmm. point. And I yelled at her on the microphone so every senior citizen in the whole house could hear her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, Ro, I don't work for you. She didn't like that at all. <laughs> and she said, well, I'm going to report you to management tomorrow morning. And I said, I'll see you there bright and early. And sure enough, the next morning when I walked in, they were like, okay, we're going to have to go to the boardroom. Uh, we're going to have to have a little meeting. Uh, Rose is going to be there. Get your story straight beforehand. I didn't need to get my story straight. There's nothing to get straight. There's no story to get straight. Exactly. I know what's going on here. So it's terrible. But we sat there. And these two bitches, Maddie and Ro, proceeded to try to like, tell their sob stories. There we were, trying to like, just get our bingo done. We're trying to just have what's left in our lives. All we care about is bingo and he won't play by the rules. Like trying to turn the whole thing around, make it seem like I'm such a bully. Such manipulation. Such manipulation. And then I I waited for the perfect, perfect opportunity. One more thing, a little pause in conversation. And I said, well, Ro, um, if you remember while that conversation was going on, you did tell me to kiss your fat ass, remember? And she showed her hand. She exploded. <laughs> you motherfucking son of a bitch! Just let it all fly. Like, there had been no four-letter words up to this point. But the fact that like all it took was a little like nick in her armor to get her to explode yeah. like that. And it was, all I could do was sit back and clap my hands and be like, there you go. That, that's all I needed. Because in my experience, Randy, if you're the one yelling you're the one losing. Absolutely. I always feel like if you're the one explaining, mm-hmm. you're the one losing. Mm-hmm. So she's lost it and our director is sitting there and he's trying to calm her down. <laughs> and at one point, Ro is crying and she goes, he did the same thing to Zelda. That's why she left. Our director was new and didn't know anything about Zelda. And I said, oh yeah, what a legacy. Zelda got kicked out for throwing bananagrams across the living room. Oh, it was so great to just get these little jabs in. And at one point, while while Ro was like crying, I was like, I think she's drunk. Ask her if she's drunk. Have you been drinking? (laughs) As long as we're there, let's take it to the next level. I was like, Ro, look me in the face and tell me you're not drunk right now. No. Was it true? Probably not. Probably but it was not. fun that like she had already gone to like mm-hmm. level twelve, yeah. and I was just pushing, pushing her, her up to thirteen. To 20. <laughs> pushing her up to twenty, just because I, I knew she was. At one point, even our director was like, "You have to calm down. You're gonna have a heart attack." And I'm across the table with my arms folded, and she knows that I got her. Not only did I get her, I got her good. Exactly. I made her look like a fucking fool, which yeah. she is. She exactly. is a fucking fool. Yeah. And these things are not lies. It was just. Perfectly strategically placed little insult. Mm-hmm. At one point, our director had to leave the room. They needed her on for a special phone call real yeah. quick. She goes, can you all just stay here for a moment? I'll be right back. The second the door closed. 
Oh, boy. I turned Here it back the table and I went, How'd you like that? <laughs> Couldn't even hold it in. How'd you like that? You saw what happened? She don't believe you at all. She thinks you're a fool. Oh, it was so funny watching her hold her heart across the boardroom table. She couldn't believe that yes. this was the same person mm -hmm. who was meek, mealy-mouthed, mild-mannered, who was out there at the... Mm -hmm. We're not talking bingo no more, girl. Oh, no. We are not playing bingo no more. We're playing a very dangerous game. A dangerous game of life because she's screwing with your life. She's fucking with the wrong bitch, exactly. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, that conversation ended and I think they were terrified because they, they didn't make eye contact with me for weeks. For weeks. Good. And it was funny because my other coworkers were like, she ran to her room and she was crying in her room. You made this old woman cry. I said, let her know I got more where that came from. Let her know I got more where that come from. I was on top of the world. As you should have been. I, for that day, I had quite a bit of spring in my step. Now, you might say, what kind of a person gets off on making a senior citizen cry? And the answer is an amazing one. <laughs> you know what if they deserve it they fucking deserve it that's how i see it as we'll take a quick break and when we come back we'll do a little bit more we'll hear your story i'm so glad you're here me too i'm excited worst thing you've ever done okay if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free <laughs> there are Creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Worst! Ever done. <laughs> close enough, close enough. So, our friend Randy, we have something very dear in common. What's we that? We love Rocky Horror. Yes, we do. Now, you know I did Rocky once upon a time. Not Rocky, but I played... Um, I didn't know. No, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I played uh, Riff Raff. I love it. Um, I didn't do it the traditional movie way. I did kind of like a hotter version, a harder Wait, rock that's version. That's how my cast him. is. We do our own version. Yeah. Of the cast. How did you get involved in this? Um, I've actually been doing it on and off since two thousand and four, two thousand five. That's There's several places that Michael. do it, and which is your your place is called the Get Up Kids or the <laughs> the Get Up Kids? So that's <laughs> the a band. band. Uh, we're known as the Ordinary Kids. The Ordinary. Yes. Anything but ordinary over here. Exactly. That's what makes us ordinary. Cause we're is it always the same or are you guys bringing in new members? Uh, we or? know that our cast is, I think, over 30 people now. We so you can just pull people at random to, like, yeah, play part? Yeah, our cast, yeah. I mean, um, most people, they mm -hmm. request, like, to play roles. But we also have people, like, we'll have, like, a lot of call-outs and stuff like that. It's so. a shadow cast, right? Yeah, it's a shadow cast. You don't cast. have to learn any lines. You just have to know how to lip sync. Yes, exactly. Very cool. And just make it your own and just have fun. Our cast... Who's your favorite character to play? <sighs> if such a thing existed. Um, if there was, um, actually Frankenfurter is like one of my, Frank? yeah, now that I get to do Frank, I mean, my old cast never used to let me really do anything except Magenta. And then toward the end of my stay with my old toxic cast, the home of dysfunction, 
Uh, that's what I call it now because it really was a severely fucked up dysfunctional situation for yeah. anyone that was involved in that cast. Um, but yeah, no, they never, toward the end, right before I quit, I was barely getting cast. I was their main magenta and I was barely getting casted if I was lucky every six weeks and we had a weekly show. Did I ever tell you my intro to Rocky Horror? No. I, I was in sixth grade. Sixth grade? Yes. I was, mm -hmm. I was trick-or-treating by myself mm -hmm. because I didn't have any friends. And um, I got home from trick-or-treating. I think I, I went as like a hippie because it was easy. And um, I was pouring out my candy on the floor and I was eating. I was mm -hmm. flipping channels and VH1 does yes. Rocky Horror on repeat. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen Rocky Horror before. Oh, and I knew who Susan Sarandon was. Mm -hmm. And I knew who Barry Boswick was. Mm -hmm. And I knew who Tim Curry was. Not but like I did this. not know what Rocky Horror was. And all I know is that I kept checking to make sure <laughs> that this was VH1. Because stuff was going on mm -hmm. that even at, like in sixth grade I was watching going... Whatever this is, I need to learn whatever this is. This is titillating and inappropriate. And I, 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 I feel like I need to masturbate to it, but I'm also a little <laughs> afraid of it. And every time one of my parents would walk into the room, I'd immediately, well, I didn't have a clicker. I had like the box. I would immediately yeah. change the channel oh till they walked out. That's so, so funny. For the first time watching Rocky, it was in such sporadics mm -hmm. because I just kept changing the channel so that they wouldn't know I was watching yeah. it. So then, of course, it, VH1 played it all over. I yeah. managed to get a video slip it in the VCR, mm -hmm. hit record, and I figure, I'll watch this mm -hmm. when I got more time <laughs> to myself. And it did not disappoint. Exactly. And what, what was your intro to Rocky? I, want, I, I was very young. I think I was like three years old or four years old when I first saw it. I watched it with my Who mom. Who allowed you to watch something like that? My awesome mama. Did you... I don't Have think I even really understood while you're watching it or I don't really think I understood back then obviously There's I had not a, lot not to a fucking clue <laughs> it's really back not a lot then. To no I mean, but then like as I got older I would watch it all the time mm -hmm. on like the VH1s and the Comedy Centrals and stuff like that and I remember especially around Halloween time when they would always play it my mom would be in the living room hanging out reading her newspaper my dad would already be upstairs watching his football games and stuff like that i'd sneak into the kitchen and steal my mom's makeup and i would make my face up to look like tim curry's dr frankenfurter and i would go into the living room just in time for sweet transvestite and i'd perform for her the entire number i mean i've done that for her before like a lot of movies that's how she knew she's like oh god she's like what the hell did i create for real yeah <laughs> So did the Rocky Horror like inform your view of like relationships or uh, like when you watched Janet or mm -hmm. if you were to watch some of these freakish relationships mm -hmm. in the show, like um, were, were you always looking for someone who um, would get you the way that those characters got each other? Like is, did it inform you at an early age or did, were you just playing? Was it I all was, just play? In the beginning, it was all just play. And then, like, you know, after so many years and then actually becoming involved and, like, performing it, it's like, hmm. It, like, when it I watched it, I didn't know who I wanted to be. I yeah. wanted to be all of them. Exactly. That's how I was, too. And then, you know, once I started, like, getting, like, really into it and, like, went to audition for my first cast, like, I'm like, I want to be Magenta. Because mm -hmm. she had this, like, something, like, at that time I didn't have. She had this bitchiness. Oh, she was a top. Sex total appeal. top. Oh, absolutely. And it was something that I always wanted to be because I was such a submissive person. I mean, even to this day, I am, to, a, to an extent, a very submissive person. But it's like, I'm like, I want to be top fucking bitch. <laughs> so I guess that's what really, like, intrigued me about Magenta. And that was why I wanted to be that role. 
And that was actually the first role I auditioned for, for Rocky Horror. And that's how I became their main magenta. And then little by little, you know, I was getting cast and more, cast and more. Everyone loved me. That's how I met my cast director. She started coming to our shows and was in, in love with my performing. And then it brought her to want to audition for a cast. I mean, I had already retired at that point due to bad blood. So you're, you're, bringing, you're bringing people in. Yeah. And now, what do you know? She's running our cast currently, and I'm one of her performers. I don't know. What do you think? Should, should I um, sub one night? And by uh, sub, I mean be a little sub. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think I you should. should. I think that'd be fun. I don't know. I, I, I'd love to be Brad, but I am covered in tattoos, and... I know Brad that's doesn't okay. have any tattoos. We have some people in cast that have tattoos. Maybe that's the joke. Neither, any tattoos, Brad? It's Several. funny that you say that because when I know you haven't seen me perform, but I actually was Janet this past Saturday. At, um, we did a show in, at this the brand, that Fort Lee Theater, like the really fancy film place, like the film campus. I was Janet, and one of the gags that I do, because I, I am covered in tattoos, um, is like Frank goes to Jan and goes, hmm, what about you? And I separate my boobs and go peekaboo because I have the ghost she between has a my ghost chest. betwixt her cleavage. I do, I do, peek-a-boo. and it says boo. <laughs> so I always do that, and the Franks just get a kick out of it. The audience thinks it's hysterical. How many tats you got now? Oh God, I lost count. Me too. <laughs> and I'm planning on getting more. Oh, than I wanted next to show weeks. you on recording. My new tattoo is of Medusa. I'm obsessed. Can I just yep. tell you that? Only because that is one of my next planned tattoos is I'm getting Medusa on, I'm getting a thigh piece. Just obsessed her. with her. I've always I been too. obsessed mm-hmm. with her. Just the, the girl who can turn someone to stone with, just a, with look. a look. Just with a look. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> if only, right? I wish it was Turn that those easy. four bitches to stone. Turn those bitches to stone and turn exes into stone. Yeah. And speaking of exes, uh, you got a story for us. Oh boy. Yeah. So, my story, if you consider it one of the worst things that you've ever done, um, I was involved with someone for a little over seven years. At the time, we're going to call him Dave. Hey, Dave. Uh, Which is because that was the name I used to use when I would tell people about this person I was quote unquote seeing, you can say. Um, I was with him for seven years. We were best friends at the time. And one night it developed into something way more than just friends. I should have known the first night that we hooked up that things were going to be weird because he's like, whatever you do, don't tell anybody about me. Secret sex. Exactly. It was all secret. We didn't even have sex the first night. That was the best part. Oh, you're not even getting benefits. I didn't even get the benefit. We. This is a Taylor Swift song. Exactly. Seriously. (laughs) It was, it was awful. I didn't even get laid the first night we hooked up. Well, that we happens early on. How old were you? I was 23. I was kind of talking about this the other day where I was saying no one prepares you for like your first times. How, mm-hmm. um, you know, movies and porn and yeah. whatnot, they, 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 they create this vision that's yeah. not actually real. And so that you honestly don't really have any kind of real sex sex. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about penetration. I'm talking yeah. about actual sex mm-hmm. for at least the three or four first people that you're with if you're lucky to have three or four people yeah i mean at that point i don't even know how many people i was with at that point but it was like you're pressing buttons that don't work you're trying things you're swinging from the chandeliers and like because at that point i was 23 i'd been i was already i'd lost my virginity a few years prior and i'm like you know but that point like you said like you're playing the field you're swinging bats and catching balls and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out what you like what who you, don't you like. are exactly. and we're all still trying to, trying to exactly. figure it out i mean i'm 37 and i'm still trying to figure out who the fuck i am but i should have known something was off that night and then he's like 
I'm very private about my personal private. life. Exactly. He's like, so please don't tell anybody. So already I'm backed up into a corner. Because you want to go for it, but you know it's wrong. Ex and although you respect yourself, mm -hmm. you still want... You, and you tell yourself, I'm cool. Mm -hmm. I'm cool. I can, be, I can hang. Exactly. I'm, and, and, and like, whatever. I can do an open-minded thing. Exactly. It's fun to lie to yourself. <laughs> I know. Oh, I lied to myself for seven fucking years. So from that denial. point... Denial. Oh, I was in such denial. It was terrible. So after a while, we, st we didn't hook up for like... Two or three weeks after that, and then one night he came over. We were Dave. hanging out. Dave was on my porch. We are hanging out. One thing leads to another. We start making out again. And from that point on, things started to escalate very fast between me and Dave. Emotionally? Um, a, actually, at first it was just physical. And then eventually, I don't... He claims on his part that he's incapable of ever loving someone due to toxic past relationships. I did nice to bring that into the future. Yeah, know. exactly. Well, I ended up unfortunately falling in love with him. No, don't. And do I'll it. never forget the Randy, day I wait. And it. you're gonna. It's it's kind of funny now that I think about it because I remember I was because like I said I work two jobs. One of my jobs I work in an office. So I'm sitting at my desk. I'm typing away at my computer. I'm listening to Yellow Card at the time. Remember, oh. I'm a young kid, and only what one. What was their song? Only one. That was their, they're like, just trying to get to you. You are my only one. Oh, that yellow one? card. Exactly. That's what popped up on my shelf. the place on something. Yes, Avenue. Ocean Avenue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. I thought that was their only song. No, there's a few, but only one pops up on my shuffle, and I'm like, Oh, son of a bitch. Right. It just hit me like a ton of fucking bricks. I text one of my best friends, and I'm like, I'm fucked. And she's like, why? I'm like, because I think I'm in love with Dave. And you've never felt these feelings before? I thought I did in the past. Like, I had, there was someone that I dated right outside of high school. We were on and off for, like, a year and a half. He was, I guess you consider, like, the your first love, your puppy love. Mm. Like, you know, you're young, you're a teenager. But this was my first real, like, holy fuck, I see a future with this person type of love. You did, but we'll I did. see what happens. Um, I can tell you right now. What <laughs> um, so gag you with a fist. Oh my God. It was, it was rough. He put me into, he put me in a very uncomfortable situations. So you were still lying. Yeah. To like people. Um, I was lying to my best friends. Mm -hmm. Some of them, when I finally came clean and I sat Did down. Did they know him? The truth, yes. Oh. Everybody knew him. I did at one point come clean to a few people that were outside of that circle of friends, which I don't really associate with many people from that circle of friends anymore. Currently, I only talk to two of them, and one of them doesn't really associate with any of them anymore either. But I told my oldest friends, like, that I've been friends with ever since I was a kid. Like, they knew, and they never said anything. But when I finally came clean, they were very disappointed in the fact that they were upset with me because I'm not a liar. And the fact that I lied to them, they're like... You, you omitted. Yes. And they were, they were very disappointed for a while, but they understood. But it's when everything came out within the other group of friends that it got ugly. Very ugly. So this went on for years to then years. find out I was catching him with other girls. Like I knew oh. about everybody else. He didn't know that I knew because these fucking bitches... Seeing that I'm best friends with Dave would be like, oh, you're best friends with Dave. I'm such good friends with Dave. I want to be friends with you. They would 
try to get close oh, to me in order to get close to like the early days him. of MySpace. So exactly. if someone saw that you were friends with someone they liked, they immediately friended you. Just exactly. They try to like find your mm-hmm. your weakness from the, the ground exactly. up. Exactly. Exactly. And it caused me a lot of fucking issues because there was this one girl that I feel like her and I it immediately like turned into a competition. Oh. She was constantly competing with me whenever, like. He would give me attention. She'd get all pissed off and this and that and vice versa. And I'm not a jealous. I was never, ever a jealous girl. I could give two fucking shits. I did not fucking care. Right. It turned into constant competition. I'm getting jealous. I'm feeling feelings like that I've never felt before in my life. And I'm like, this is not healthy. I lied to someone that I considered my sister whom he's best friends with. And when she, and she didn't even find out from me. She found out from him because she had an idea that something was going on. And she basically said, you have one or two choices. You tell me the truth and we work on it from there. Or you lie to me and I walk out that door and I never come back. She's like, have you been hooking up with Over Randy? a guy? That I mean, how long ago was this? Five years ago? Because I haven't spoken to him in five years. And then I didn't talk to this one person for like three and a half, four years after everything. Because I completely just dropped the whole group of people. I mean, when I say it was such a fucked up situation, I mean, on paper, maybe not. But when you actually live it, it really is, if you think about one of the worst things you can do is because you're lying to people that you care about. You're being put into positions like... It's so fucked up, the stuff that this guy, like, if you, he's kind of like a fucking sociopath, if you think about it. Like, there was one night I went by his house, we had sex, and he got sloppy and never threw away the condom. Our friend went over to his house a couple days after, and she found the used condom. I Not in a trash can? It must have fallen on the floor, <laughs> and he didn't realize it. So... I, I went, I was out of the country for like two weeks. I went to Ireland to visit one of my best friends who was living out there at the time. I come home. He picks me up from the airport. I go to breakfast with him and our friend, let's call her Melissa. So Dave, Melissa, and myself go to breakfast and then everything seems fine. Like he drops me off at home, but wait, oh, I left one part out. Beforehand, he told me, he's like, Melissa found our condom that I thought I threw away, but I guess I didn't. Was he sort of saying Melissa, same no, thing, or no, just friends? No. Or I found out years later that he's in love with her. Oh, yeah. In love with her. That's why. And Melissa did not want to be with him, ever. Even to this day, still does not want to be with Dave. So he's like, we're getting sloppy. People are going to catch us, and I don't want to get... We need to stop. But he was kind of turned on by the thrill of it all anyway. I have no idea because he stopped us and we didn't, after that, we didn't hook up for a while. So then I get a phone call from Melissa that night saying, I just have a couple questions. It's something she's like, just be honest. I'm just curious. Not that it matters. She's like, I was by Dave's house the other night. I found a condom wrapper and he used condom on the floor. And he said that, um, I asked if you guys were hooking up and like, she was like very like cool, like cool, but coy, like this Why does she condom. Care? Exactly. Oh, okay. So then I said, she's like, he told me. That it was yours and that it must have fallen out of your purse. Right. Because you make it a habit of keeping... Uh, I said, you know, stuff. well, I lied and said, well, I was hooking up with that guy I told you about that lives in West Jersey. And I threw the stuff in my purse and I must have forgotten. Saving it, it for later it. to get pregnant, Mary. Yeah, like, 
she bought it or so she said at the time but then once the truth came out like she had a million one questions when we talked about it many years later but this guy was like when i say fucked up like he was hooking up with me he was hooking up with a woman that was old enough to be my mother your mother like, yeah that was in our friend group and i'm not one to like toot my own horn and say that i'm attractive i'm no, you can say I'm, it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, but I'm not because I have low self-esteem because of this whole situation. My self-esteem is still trying to rebuild itself because it's like being in an abusive relationship, a mentally abusive relationship. When you're hooking up with me, but then hooking up with someone that's old enough to be your mother that claims that she's 38, but is really in her 50s and not an attractive 50. I'm not, she's probably not going to listen to this anyway because I don't have any association with her whatsoever anymore, but... That's a real fucking blow to your self-confidence. It mm. makes you feel This sounds awful. like some fucking Jerry Springer shit. Yeah. It was definitely white trash, like trailer park shit that I got involved in that I had no idea. So if you could give little Randy some advice. If I knew then what I know now. Run. Run. <laughs> Run for the fucking hills. Get away from that group. They're all a bunch of toxic motherfuckers. Well, the good news is, Randy, is that some of these motherfuckers who email me their stories mm-hmm. are a lot worse off than we are. In mm-hmm. a moment, we're going to read some of their stories. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> are you excited? Oh, yes, because I, as horrible as it is, I like to know that people are in worse positions than I am. Oh, yeah. Because I know even with the shit that I'm dealing with today, I'm like, are there people that deal with worse shit than <laughs> I do? I'm sure that there are, but... So we'll be right back. Are you having the time of your life? I am having the time of my life. If this was Dirty Dancing, I'm Jennifer Grey, baby. Nice nose. Okay, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. (laughs) There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Worst thing you've ever done. And we're back! Randy, it's so good to be back. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like Craig and I are going to have to move because our landlord downstairs, he and his husband, they broke up, we, we assume. We haven't been given the details, but we're pretty sure they broke up. And oh, no. one, the one who owns the house wants to sell the house because he wants nothing more to do with the area. Uh. And so we've been looking at many different houses. But as you can imagine, like some houses, they look really great online. But when you get there, you're like, what the fuck? Uh. We had this... One woman who was not a realtor, she was mm-hmm. selling the house herself, yeah. and she was leading us around this tiny little house. And at one point, she was like giving us like the ins and outs, and like trying to make trying to make a, a mountain out of a molehill. And at one point, we were in her basement, and she goes, "Now I'm not going to lie to you. There is a little bit of a scent because we we did we were the victims of a flood." And I said, "Oh, I believe you. I can <laughs> smell the mold. Like I oh, trust no. me." And like she kept trying to make light of things. Yeah. At one point, I was like, "Well, where do you hang your clothes?" There was literally no closet space. All of the stairways were just too tight to walk down. Like, how am I going to move furniture up and down? Mm-hmm. We had this running joke for the longest time that our friend, who's kind of a big girl, we're like, "Well, she's definitely not coming to visit. I'll tell you that. There's no way." Because like, if I can't move down the stairs, what makes you think oh, my, my my big girlfriend is going to make it down these stairs? Yeah. It's not going to happen. So we are uh, hopefully going to find something within the next few months. 
Um, but I mean, it's not a good time to be looking in, the, it, in this it's market. It's terrible. The market's the awful. One place that we liked, Randy. Other people overbid us by half a mil, and like I just don't have that kind of time or money. And you it's should just, move to Wayne. I'll move to Wayne. I, I live in Wayne just so you can look close to me. We'll see about that. Wayne now, has some really nice areas. You and I are going to read some of these stories, one of our oh favorite boy. things, when I shuffle like a poker player, <laughs> and you decide if you want this one or this one. Which one oh, do you feel, which oh, one's calling ooh, you today? Ooh, ooh, ooh. As okay. you can hear, the ice cream machine is outside. Well, the, that's what's calling me right now. <laughs> cream, uh, man. I'm going to go with this Would one. Would you like to laugh? This little yes. song that's playing right now, it's just like a standard demo. Mm -hmm. But we've heard it so many times in the years we've been mm -hmm. here. Craig has actually written lyrics that go along with this song. Oh my God. Shall I, I sing want... it for you? Yes, please. All right, it's coming to the beginning. Here we go. Ice cream, ice cream, but none for BJB. <laughs> ice cream, ice cream, but none for BJB. He's a little faggot and he gets no cream. No cream, no cream, no cream for BJB. That was pretty much it. I love it. I would totally give you my cream. <laughs> <laughs> and so here we go. Randy is going to read to us. Okay. Uh, and you know, just feel free to improv whenever you feel like the need. You don't have to speed through it. There's no time limit. Okay. Let us know how you feel. If you need to segue, you segue. Let me take a sip of my coffee. Take a sip. Mm. Get situated. Cold reading. Alrighty. <clears throat> So if you're all ready, here we go. I worked at a tratatoria? Tratatoria. Okay, I wanted to make sure I was pronouncing <laughs> it that right. Oh, this person is so fancy with their wording. I worked at a tratatoria, which is just a fancy word for an Italian restaurant. <laughs> Italian restaurant. <laughs> I should have read ahead. <laughs> I had just been fired from my previous job, so I just needed to work to pay my bills. The job was awful. The staff were rude. The kitchen workers were angry, entitled, and practically violent with the staff. Did you work at Charlie Brown? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. The clientele were cheap as fuck and never heard of 20% tips. Again, did you work at Charlie Brown? Sounds like Because a lot that's of where I fucking worked. Yeah. yeah. The head cook, Jose, could speak English but refused to out of spite. We had that issue with our kitchen. We had that issue at TGI Fridays. Yeah, because yeah. when I worked at Charlie Brown's, we weren't all, um, I don't know if they were Chinese or Cantonese. But they knew English, but, but they would never, they refused. And they were so rude and so nasty. They would throw plates, throw foodie. Oh, they were no. mean as fuck. My first night there, he threw a knife at me <laughs> after he didn't make my, oh my God, I really think I wrote this. After he didn't make my orders for one of my tables and I complained that an hour had passed and they hadn't even received their appetizers. My coworker stole tables if you weren't hyper aware of being sat, and the buster stole your cash tips if you weren't looking after a party left. Wow. That's fucking terrible. This happened to me repeatedly my first nights after training. On top of this insult, the, on top of this insult, the busters were lazy and picked and chose who, who, whose tables they would clean. If you were a pretty girl, no problem. If you were a guy, forget it. And if you were a gay guy, don't even. Don't even. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry to hear I that. I feel so bad. 
And I hope I hope that this story gets juicy because I hope this person got their revenge. And these bus take some advice. I know, right? <laughs> and these busters were getting a portion of our tips anyway. It was just awful. I had to work though. I had no money. So it was a bad job. They only had been open a year and I'd gotten this job a week after their one year anniversary. It was weird, but they announced that they were having their one year anniversary party and the staff was required to come to it. Required. 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 <laughs> Fuck that. Required. I know. We all had to show up on a Saturday after work to attend the party. It was mostly the salad from the restaurant repur- repurposed at the... Repur- yeah, repurposed? I'm sorry, I can't read. Repurposed? <laughs> at the owner's house in the backyard around his pool. So they took the salad from the restaurant and they yeah. brought it to the cast, mm-hmm. the cast party. Not the cast party. To the, to <laughs> to the, the, the restaurant the party restaurant that was required, required to attend. I remember asking, since I've only been here a week, I shouldn't go, right? Nonsense, they said. <laughs> you must come to the party. It's required. Nonsense! It is required. Make sure you sign up on the how, on the hours board and write down your contribution. Contrib- what? Contribution? My contribution? So now not only aren't they feeding us, it's mostly potluck. We were all assigned what to bring to liquor, beer, and soda too. Why? Because we are family. We are family. I don't even bring this shit to my family functions. I didn't even like my coworkers and now we were all required to party together awkwardly and cover the costs. I remember I was assigned 10 bags of ice to bring, and I remember how tricky this was to purchase and transport in my car. That's terrible. You had to bring bags ten bag, of ice. 10 bags of ice. Bring 10 bags of ice. That's your contribution. I know. Not too expensive, though. Still terrible. At the party, everyone ignored me. I didn't even want to be there, but they made it required. The staff was rude even at the party. The kitchen staff hogged the beer keg and wouldn't even let me have a beer, even though it was for everyone. We were told specifically not to bring guests, but it seemed the kitchen staff all brought their girlfriends. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, man, I hope this person got them back. The food for 20 was eaten by the 40 people. They were insistently and they're insistently and I don't even remember getting anything to eat. Why was I there? Such a waste of a night. I know why. Because they made it seem like a requirement. (laughs) And if you didn't show up that they would fire you or look down on you. I was so young so I let them bully me into going. I hated the main cook Jose who showed up with his hoochie girlfriend and was loud and annoying and played Spanish music the whole night on the boombox. Yes, boombox. This was the 90s. (laughs) He wouldn't give me beer and wouldn't change the music. He didn't even get beer. He wasn't allowed to listen to music. And he wasn't allowed to leave. There wasn't enough food because everyone brought their girlfriend. I know. So we had to just starve with people he hated. Oh, wait. It gets better. I just read ahead. Oh, did I mention Jose showed up with his girlfriend, quote unquote, but he was married and had several kids? Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Oh, this is going to get good. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So at the end of the party, they asked us all for a group picture and we crowded together to take a photo with a disposable camera. I mean, it was the 90s. It was the 90s. The next week at work, they had made a bunch of copies of the photo and told everyone to take one if we wanted one. Who'd want one? Who'd want one? So here's what I did. Oh, I'm excited for this. I took one and went to CVS to buy a cheap frame. I put the picture in it and brought it back to the restaurant when no one was looking and I hung it on the wall in the lobby of the restaurant. They, Then all I had to do was wait. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, so boy. I just put it in a frame. 
frame and hung it up on the wall. Wait for this. Oh, shit. C, the cook's wife was the angry, jealous type. She'd come to work many times to confront him of his past infidelity she's heard about. Um, she'd heard about it. She'd call on the phone during shifts to check to see if he was there during every shift or out on the town with this slut. <laughs> we all hated her. So obnoxious. Hey, we hated Jose too. We called her Yolanda Saldivar, the killer of <laughs> Selena, because, well, she looked like her. I could oh, fall in love. Not with Jose. <laughs> She came in one busy night to check on her husband, and sure enough, she saw the framed photo of the whole crew at the one-year anniversary party. Not only was she unaware of it, he took his little slut to the party <gasps> while she herself was at home with the kids. <gasps> or we heard her say as she stormed into the kitchen to confront him. He tried to defend himself, but she had the photo in the frame. She, she took it off the wall. <laughs> I remember the police being called that busy night because she not only did she attack him with the pepper. Wait, that she wait. Not only did she attack him, she pepper sprayed him while he was behind the line <laughs> trying to cook. I'd like to say I feel bad about it, but I didn't. Fuck Jose, Andrew. <laughs> Wow. Andrew, I love you. Our hats are off to you, my friend. I know. You are what way a, better than like, me. What a stealthy way to get revenge. I love that. I'm going to think about that for the future. All he did was buy a frame for photo. $4. I know. <laughs> I love it. Now, this next story I've been holding for a while. Oh. Is a, it is a weird one. And I feel like whoever wrote it. weird. Um, used like the voice recorder to create it. But here we go. I'm ready. It's called The Day the Music Died. Oh, no. <laughs> Hello, Brendan. I'm kind of nervous. I never talk about real things that have happened to me. I'm going to tell you about the past. I'm so grateful that we live in a little bubble. <laughs> Growing up, my family thought I'd work in a factory and buy a Camaro. <laughs> I guess we went from the 90s to the 80s now. I could never work a 9 to 5 job. So I've been a drag queen for a really long time, and I'm so grateful I have this way to make money that I never expected. I'm good at a lot of things, but the one thing I was never able to do was be a prostitute. <laughs> oh, snap. It was a bunch of tries and fails. I was living in San Diego. I joined the Navy and got kicked out because I failed a piss test. <laughs> I was too young to go to any bars, so I would hang out in the park in San Diego called Balboa Park, which is also known as the Fruit Loop. I feel like I've heard of it. It might still be known as that. I don't know. <laughs> so people would drive around and pick up the boys. So this boy I knew told me about one of his tricks. He said that he went to this guy's house and he plied him with beer. And when he had to take a piss, he pulled out this potted plant and had him pee into the plant. And when he was done, uh, he drove him back to the park. And I thought that sounded amazing <laughs> because he got $60. And in 1985, that was a lot of money. Yeah, I was right. It was the 80s. So that was the goal, to party all day. So as you can imagine, I couldn't wait for this guy to get back to the park. And let me be very honest, I was a good-looking kid. And if you aren't good-looking when you're 18, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my okay. God. I can't. So as luck would have it... The piss plant guy shows up again driving in the park. And he picks me up. We go back to his place. You know where this is going. And it's been so long in my memory that the whole thing plays out 
like it's an old black and white film noir in my head. <laughs> Sorry, please indulge me. And so just like before, he plies this young underage boy with alcohol, and I had one beer and another, and I'm like, well, I really have to pee. And he's like, well, and pulls out this plant. And it was this big potted plant. My memory is hazy, but I think it's called a fern. <laughs> he's like, why don't you pee in this thing? So I pull my dick out and I pee in the plant, but the pee starts to overwhelm the plant and looks like it's going to compromise the bowl and go over the floor. So he went and got a mason jar. Oh dear God. <laughs> so I fill up the mason jar and when I was done, he put a cap on the mason jar and put it in the fridge. I didn't ask. I did not ask. I wouldn't have either. I do not judge. So when I was done, he gave me $60 and drove me back to the Fruit Loop. I thought that that was so amazing. I thought he was supposed to give him 65. Oh. He shorted him five bucks. Did he oh, short poor him? guy. Mm -hmm. Why I didn't continue hooking at this point, I do not know. I was not business minded. I depended on the kindness of strangers. The second time I tried hooking, hooking I had just come from partying in London. I landed in San Francisco, flat broke, and I went to Polk Street. Now, all the boys would hang out at a bar called the QT. And now today, unfortunately, all of Polk Street is straight bars and these marina bitches. Mm. And if you know any marina bitches, I'm sorry, they're lovely, but you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a marina bitch. <laughs> where was I? It's <laughs> where was I? I love that. So I went to the corner of Polk and Bush, Bush and Polk. No, I'm not making that up. <laughs> And I show up, and all the other boys are like, damn, we aren't going to make any money tonight with this bitch showing up. Let me tell you, I totally had it going on back then. So within five minutes, I get picked up, and I went back uh, to this guy's place. He sucked my dick and gave me $60. I don't know what it is about $60. <laughs> it was a lot of money back then. That was the standard back then. And this was enough to party back then, the scope of my ambition. Mm. So years later, I started to get business-minded. I started a nightclub called Tranny Shack. <laughs> Wait, Tranny Shack? Tranny Shack. Have you heard of this? No. <laughs> I wonder if it still exists. It was really popular. One of the things I started to realize was how fluid things became when you put on a wig and heels. I think I was really quite vanilla until I started to experiment. Can you believe that as soon as I put on the wig and the dress and the heels, all the straight guys wanted to, me to fuck them. They wanted a chick with a dick. I mean, who doesn't? And I thought that that was so amazing. I'm so sorry if anyone's offended by the word tranny. It was the word we used back then, so get the fuck over it. <laughs> so my door girl at the time was named Miss Chocolate. When she wasn't working the door, she was a tranny hooker. And when she'd work the door, she'd sit there and tell me about her tricks, and I always thought it was so deviant and so exciting. She lived with a female hooker named Allison, and I'd see some of the guys who'd show up for her, and they were really hot. And I was like, I think I want to try this hooking thing again, because I just felt like a goody two-shoes. Do you ever feel like a goody two-shoes? Uh, sometimes. Mm. Not lately. <laughs> Maybe when I put on that Janet wig. <laughs> um, where did I go? Where did I go? Uh, where did I go? I 
try this hooking thing because I felt like a goody two-shoes. So there was this website called eros.com. I'm not sure if it's around anymore. And Miss Chocolate was going to toss me a bone, so to speak. <laughs> she was going to set me up with one of her tricks. Now, this was 1997. Yes, I'm old. I bought all these new crotchless panties and crotchless stockings for my dates. You know, the dick would come out. No, we got it. <laughs> we, I love it. We got it. I got uh, it. I didn't need I that. I love it. <laughs> so I was super excited. I remember it was a Saturday. So after I woke up from my nap, later I took all of my new things I bought and put them on the couch to admire them. And as I turned on the news, it was the day Princess Diana died. Aww. Oh, God. Rest in peace, beautiful. And I was riveted, just riveted. I was inconsolable. And so the time comes and goes, and it went for me to have the trick. It was over, gone, missed it. Princess Diana was an icon, scorned by her royal family, just like so many of us were. I had to get out and be with my people. So I went to Tranny Shack at the stud bar to commiserate with my people. And the night went on, and it got later and later, and so someone had the great idea to go to Blow Buddies. And if you don't know what that is, you can Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I plan on Googling it as soon it. as we're done. <laughs> so around this time, I'm realizing what a flop I was at being a hooker. I just don't have it in me. I have to be attracted to someone. It's kind of like a glamorous thing, like how we all fantasize about prison rape. But it's probably not as glamorous as we think it is in real life. It's just something you can whack off to, but probably don't want it to happen to you. Anyway, where was I? <laughs> I, I got nothing. <laughs> so I'm walking to Blow Buddies, and not only am I a failure at hooking, but I have to pay to get in. <laughs> so Aww. now I'm paying for it. So while I'm there having sex and sucking dick and I'm crying and I'm realizing <laughs> I'm sucking dick for Princess Diana. <laughs> That's right, I'm doing it for her. We all were that night. <laughs> and realizing there's some nobility to it. So if you can frame prostitution like that, we are all royalty. Is that a good story? I hope so. H. Aw, H. Good Lord. What do we even say to that? I got nothing. Blow buddies? Prison red? Miss Chocolate? Oh, dear God. $60? You could probably get a lot more today. Probably a lot more today. A lot more today. And there's a lot better websites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Somebody told me about one called Sniffies. Have you heard of this? No, what is this? Instead of being like a dating app, you can put into the Sniffies app. We should probably do this at some point. Oh, jeez. You put into the Sniffies app who you are, mm -hmm. what you're looking for, like your location, whether you're going to like host or not, or if you're yeah. looking for someone else mm -hmm. to host, then you just specifically write exactly the scenario mm -hmm. you want. And if someone is up for it, they're mm -hmm. like, I'll do it. But it, it can't, it's not like sex. Yeah. It, it, it's sexual, but it's mm -hmm. not like, come over and have sex. No, yeah. it's like, come over and put a pickle in my ass and sniff my armpits. Or like, from what I've seen, yeah. or like, come over and... Pretend to be my father and yell at me for my report card and then come on my face. Like, it's always sexually, like, motivated, but it's, like, fantasy slash kink. It's, like, yeah. I've got this thing that I'm, like, I really want to work out on my system, literally. And I'm looking for the right person to, like, help me out with this idea. Like, like I'm going to come over and, and be, in, like, hiding under the bed and you mm -hmm. pretend like you can't find me and then drag me out by my ankle. You know, like, whatever yeah. it is your fantasy is, right? 
Interesting. We should try it at the next party we go to. Oh. And we'll report back to report our... Report back to the fans. Sniffies. Sniffies. I've, I've like, oh, it doesn't even have to be a house. It could be like, I'm, I'm sitting against a dumpster here in the parking lot of Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> so we shall see. Yeah. We will take a quick break. And I, this is not a revenge podcast. And when we come back, I'll leave you with the good story. What's better than that? It's the worst thing you've ever done. And we must say that, you know, some of these worst things you've ever done, like, that, that, that is a... Uh, it comes with a warning label, I think. Like, some of these are actually pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I'm ashamed over some of the things that uh, I read or... Or people reveal to me. Now, we just had a tremendous reveal. Would you like to share with our audience what you've learned, Randy? Yes. Actually, so I was very intrigued by the last story that we heard from... What, what was the person's H? H. Was the person's H. I was very intrigued by your story. So I needed to look up when you said about the Blow Buddies thing. Ooh. So for those that are interested, Blow Buddies is a real thing here also on the East Coast. Ooh, it moved. It moved. Unless they have them on, there's on East Coast. I'm bi-coastal. Exactly. It could be <laughs> bi-coastal. So Blow Buddies, New York City, is a blowjob party for men in New York City. Sorry, Randy. I know. Well, I mean. You I looked out of everything. I mean, I they did write a song called Detachable Penis. Detachable Penis. Blow Buddies, New York City, every Thursday, every Thursday from 6 to 9 p.m. and every Sunday from 5 to 8. Happy hour. That's a happy hour. Oh, you get a happy hour and a happy ending (laughs) every time. I'm so glad that we figured this out. And they have a website. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Maybe they'll sponsor us. Maybe. So it is blowbuddiesnewyorkcity.com if you are interested. Okay. So the Springer final thought, I always like to leave everyone on a happier note. Um, This part one is for you and part two is for me. Mm -hmm. So as you know, we are best of best of friends Mm -hmm. due to our friendship and our ever loving uh, uh, feelings about the Golden Girls. Oh, absolutely. Now, I listen, I listen, I I can't say I watch because I've seen them all already, but I fall asleep nightly to the Golden Girls. Me too. And it, it, it's come to the point where I don't have to watch. I already know what it looks like. Exactly. So why would I even need to I watch? Do the same I know thing. what she's wearing. I know mm-hmm. where they are. I know where episodes begin before yep. the episode begins. Now, there is an episode. It's, it, I'm sure you've seen it, obviously. <laughs> but it involves a project <laughs> that I cannot wait to tell you about. And I already told my favorite New York person, H. Allen Scott, who is Sadie Pines. Yes. Drag queen, about what I plan to do. Now, there's an episode where Rose says that whatever situation reminds her of um, the comic strip, Sonia Klingenhopper. Yes, Sonia Klingenhopper. <laughs> and so as she's trying to explain to the girls what this is, mm-hmm. it's a comic strip. She, in the middle of explaining, mm-hmm. they said, how many panels are there, Rose? And she says, 16. 16. Now, here's the thing. We know how it starts and we, we know, know how, how it ends. ends. But there's never been a middle. And I said, I like to draw, and I've always been uh, kind of adroit, adept at, at art. I'm going to draw the Sonia Klingenhofer uh, <gasps> oh comic my God. strip. I want a and copy, I'm going and I to want send it to him, and he's going to put it up on his site. Oh now, we know it begins so with excited. she's walking down the road, mm-hmm. and the children are pointing at her and laughing. Nothing. And they're saying, no, she's saying, it's not funny. You try getting mayonnaise and white bread out of your braces. 
And the next that's panel That's what the prof said. Um, I knew you'd beg to hear it. The last panel is Sonia tells her mother her and her mother, mother understands. understands. Understands what? what? The joke, joke between, between the, the two, two crows. crows. I knew you would ask. We've already, we've gotten like the majority, yeah. we've gotten the sandwich. We know what it's supposed to be. We just need to see the sandwich. Now. Yes. And all it is is 16 panels. Mm -hmm. And we have the first one. Mm -hmm. We kind of have one in the middle mm -hmm. and we have the one at the end. Mm -hmm. You think I can do it? Oh, I absolutely this think you can do it. This is what I plan to do this summer. Oh Randy. my God. I want this frame. Sonia Klingenhofer. I want this. I will frame it and put it in my bedroom. You love that? I am obsessed. Oh, oh, I'm so glad. I uh, will end with the final funny note. Um, I was telling this story the other day to some of my kids that I, uh, my kids, I sound like I'm like such an adult. So my kids, they, they, they love me. Every day I show them on my phone the uh, live feed from our kitty cat feeder to see, so they can talk to the cats. Um, they've literally become like my, my purpose for getting up in the morning. The moment the kids come that. upstairs, they're not even kids, they're adults. They range from like 20 to 30, you know, yeah. 35, some of them. And we just connect in a way that, although I've connected with senior citizens in the past, like these kids, they have such a bright future ahead of them. And I just love being able to have them imprint on me and also to give of myself, brushing off the nostalgia to kind of give good advice, to kind of help them for the future. Cause I've been there and like, mm -hmm. I just want to be able to, and I've always wanted to be a teacher, mm -hmm. but I never wanted to go to school for it. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Of I course. get to be a teacher, but not actually have to pass any tests. <laughs> I know I'm a terrible so test taker. So I was I telling that. the story while we were driving to the Pramus Park Mall the other day. Cause one of the kids was like, oh, have you ever done anything that you're ashamed of to your body? They thought that I was going to like mention a tattoo, but I'm not ashamed of anything. No. But I did say there was one time I was ashamed of something that I did that was ridiculous. There was a movie called Fight Club. Mm -hmm. Jared Leto is blonde in Fight Club before he gets the shit kicked out of him. And whoever did J Jared Leto's hair and makeup gave him bleach blonde yes. eyebrows. I thought that that was the hottest thing I'd ever seen. Oh, no. Cut to me with my friend Cheryl bleaching not only my hair, but my eyebrows. And then when it was done, mm -hmm. I looked in the mirror and screamed because <laughs> I looked like a burn victim. Oh, no. Let me tell you, just by looking at my face, Randy, can you imagine what I look like without these really dark eyebrows? They really make my face, don't they? They like, make everybody's they really, face. They really show like what Eyebrow, I'm about. What do they say? Eyebrows are the windows to They the really soul? are. Now imagine they're gone. I didn't think about this. But I knew that it looked scary. So I took my mom's brown eyebrow or mm -hmm. eye pencil and I stenciled my eyebrows back mm -hmm. on to my... The hair was still yeah. there. It was just white blonde and it was going to take forever to grow back. This? I have one photo and it's hidden away somewhere. Maybe I'll put it on the... Uh, I want to see this. I'll, I'll attach it so y'all can see mm -hmm. it. I, I stenciled them back on mm -hmm. with a brown pencil. Um, I was working for one week at... Um, American Eagle in the Kramis Park Mall. That's oh. the reason that I told this story because mm -hmm. I said, you know, guys, this is bringing back a lot of memories <laughs> while I'm sitting here with you guys are about to walk in. Believe it or not, I said, when I was 19, I was working at the mall at American Eagle, which doesn't exist anymore at this mall. Mm -hmm. And I said, I had bleached my eye telling the story to these yeah. kids. I said, I stenciled the back on with my mom's brown pencil and I thought I was in the clear. But the thing is, like, the store was so hot at one oh, point, no. I must have used my hand to like rub the sweat off my eye, my, my brow, yeah. and I rubbed off one of my eyebrows. Would you oh, believe, no. Randy, not one of these bitches that I worked with told me you wiped off one of your eyebrows? 
So as I'm oh, leaving my shift no. at like nine o'clock at night, I'm walking through Macy's to get to my car and I walk past the mirror and I almost had a heart attack. Oh, no. I had one eyebrow on, the other one had been wiped off. And I immediately put my hand over my eye. <laughs> and I tried to like walk out, but believe it or not, there was a woman working at the Macy's counter and she goes, sweetheart, come here. Like, the, like oh, one of those Clinique yeah. ladies. And she used her brown pencil right there to stencil back on my eyebrow. And she was like, you got to fix this. She's like, whatever you got. I said, I'm afraid I already ruined them with the bleach. She's like, no, here's what you do. You cover the tops yeah. and the bottoms with Vaseline. You go buy some like dark brown. Mm -hmm. She's like, you put it on for 30 minutes and pray to God. <laughs> pray to God that you've done a good job. Mm -hmm. And I did it, used the Vaseline and my eyebrows came back. And I've to this moment have never put bleach anywhere near my eyes again. Yeah, no, I would not recommend that. So that's you live, you learn story. And as I told that story to my kids, they were all like, I would never do that. I'm like, well, then you're one step ahead in the game, kids. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having Ms. me. Riot. This was so much fun. I'm so glad you got to come and me read too. and I commiserate, tell your stories and meet my cats. Oh, I know. They're so cute. So I'm sweet. obsessed. Well, this is the time where we say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Hopefully you'll come back in the future when you're a little bit naughtier. I would love that. All right. Thanks so much, Randy. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. You just listened to The Worst Thing You've Ever Done, a podcast where I explore the worst stories of my friends and strangers, each week with a special guest. Concept and editing by me, Brennan Joel Bartlett. Music by Anthony Babalacqua. Vocals by Kevin Lynch. Available on Spotify, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Copy RSS, and other platforms. Some names have been changed to protect the not-so-innocent. Send your future emails to worstthingeverdone at gmail.com. Thank you, Andrew.